0: Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book
1: Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everyone. It's the last Monday in February, and this month I've been devoting all of February to romance writers. So today you are going to get to meet Anna J. Stewart. She's a USA Today best-selling romance author can't wait for you to meet her. She's been on before. If you have not read her books yet, you're in for a big treat. And I will go ahead and read her bio here so you can get to know her. Anna J. Stewart is a USA Today and national best-selling author who can't remember a time she didn't have a book in her hands or a story in her head. Her early obsessions with Star Wars, Star Trek, and Wonder Woman set her on a path to creating sweet to sexy pulse-pounding romances for her independent heroines. Anna lives in Northern California where she deals with a serious supernatural addiction and two slightly nutty cats, Rosie and Sherlock. When she's not writing, you can find her cooking, baking, and binge-watching classic TV and cooking shows, attending fan conventions back when we could do that, or heading to the movies back when we could do that too, but hopefully soon. (laughs) You can read more about Anna and her books. She also has writing workshops and things on her website, so I did put a link right there on the Blog Talk site. You can click that anytime and sign up for her newsletter and see what else is coming. And without any further delay, Anna, you there? I am here. It's great to be back with you, Lisa. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming back on. I'm so excited. And you're rounding out our romantic February is like, you know, romance is big month, just like October is horror's big month. So (laughs) I'm glad you could be here. (laughs) We'll celebrate the hearts and romances. (laughs) so you have a new book out right now bride on the run you want to tell everybody about it so they can run grab it i do
0: um i'm lucky it's one of those books that the the uh title kind of says it all it's a bride on the run book and uh, my heroine sienna Sienna fairchild (laughs) sorry i'm running a lot of books i have to remember who the character i know right
1: (laughs) (laughs) i totally Uh, get it
0: My is about to walk down the aisle and realizes at the last minute it's going to be a huge mistake. So in her bridal gown, she makes a break for it. She's at a marina in San Diego and uh, comes across a boat named Nana's Dream. And as she's dealing with the grief of losing her grandmother, she takes it as a sign and jumps on board. And uh, enter hero, Monty Betancourt, who finds her stowed away in one of his closets and the fun kind of in, kind of takes off from there. So it was a, it was a really fun book to write because it was uh, way different than anything else I'd done before. I took them out of the usual butterfly butterfly harbor setting and I put them on the water and got to think uh, write about boats and all kinds of stuff. And it, it was a really fun book to write, and I, I think readers are really enjoying it.
1: Oh, that's so cool! And you gotta love a bright on the run story. Um, because just the image of, you know, her running away in a wedding gown, I always think of um, Smokey and the Bandit where she's in the wedding gown yeah. and she jumps in the car and she's taking off pieces of it while they drive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I, I always see, that think was, about that was
0: one of the images.
1: Yeah, that came came
0: to me. And then also um, the video from the chicks. Uh, what was it? I forgot what the song was, but they had that big hit back in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And the video well, the always recorded dick- with me. So. Right,
1: right. yeah, yeah, I would just, I haven't written A Bride Running Away yet, but it sounds totally fun (laughs) It really was And this one is from uh, the heartwarming Harlequin, right? So it's a sweet romance? Yes, it's a a sweet
0: romance, so there's no sex on the page, Uh, there's
1: lots,
0: well, for me anyway, there's, you know, sexual tension, of course, especially on a boat there's going to be some close quarters. So, um, yeah, it's a very sweet romance that um, has lots of emotion, lots of uh, pulling at the heartstrings because that's what we do when we don't have sex. you got to go for the emotion or at least dig right. deeper into the emotion than you normally would. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, And the close quarters is always fun to write, too. So,
1: Yes, where they can't get away from each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And the book that's coming up, you have another book that's coming out, like, next week, right? The Colton 911 Undercover Heat. I do, yes. So this
0: is uh, one of a Harlequin's continuity series with their romantic suspense line. And I was lucky that they asked me to come back. I had written one a couple of years ago, so they asked me to write another one. And I hit the jackpot because the heroine in this one is a chef. And um, my obsession with cooking shows and cooking and baking—it
1: uh, <laughs> it just—it it w- made the
0: right. <laughs> it just—it made the book so much fun to write because I could write about one of the things I really love in life. So, um, and I, I also love writing uh, cop stories and uh, suspense. So it, it was kind of like a trifecta of happiness for me as an author, and that'll be out on Monday.
1: And for the readers out there who are listening who don't know what a continuity is, do you want to tell them, isn't it like where they give you a series Bible and you you know, figure out who your people are and what the rules are and all that, and then you write a book?
0: Yeah, pretty much. So uh, Harlequin's editors uh, for The Line get together, and they create uh, kind of an interconnected series of books. uh, This particular one is six books. Uh, and each book has is written by a different author, and we're each given a different storyline and characters and certain threads we have to weave through it, uh, but the rest of the story is kind of completely in our hands. So it's a good combination of having a really good outline to work off of, uh, and for somebody like me, who I don't plot my books typically. Um, yeah, I don't either. It, it, yeah, it, I mean, the idea of plotting just paralyzes me, but this makes it go a little bit faster. So it's kind of turns me into a planter, um, <laughs> meaning I, I, I plot out a little bit more than I used to after having written two of these books. But the good thing about these books is, while well, they, they all connect, but they all also stand alone. So, um, you know, if you were to come into it, my book, which is book three, uh, you'll probably read elements. Kind of want to go back and see what that was all about in book one or two, or I want to see what happens with a certain storyline that happens in book four or five. So, um, yeah, and it, it's it's like I said, they're really fun to write, and and you also get to be connected to some really great authors.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask, do you, do the authors all, like, do you guys have an email loop where you go, hey, are you guys going to do this, or you warn them that I threw in a dog, or do you guys all talk? Um, well, we all get the same information with the
0: Bible, so if, uh, if there's anything that we do change, usually, yeah, there's usually an email loop that's been set up that we can, you know, just shoot off an email and say, hey, just in case you know, I changed this or this person's name is this now or whatever. Um, and we also have a great editor overseeing the, um, the series. So it's just a couple of emails just to make sure. And it's, it, it makes it really interesting. The first time I did it, I had a lot more questions and probably drove people nuts with a lot more emails. But, but this time, the second time, uh, I felt a little bit more confident in just being able to pick up and run with it.
1: Oh, that sounds super fun. And people can already pre-order that one, right? That one's already up for pre-order. They can. They can. Yes. Exciting. So fun. How hard is it for you to shift gears because the romantic suspense, those do have sex in them, right? So how is it for you switching gears between sexy books and, and sweet books? Um, I don't know that it's difficult. It's, it can, I guess it can be
0: challenging. I'm not a big fan of writing sex in books anyway. Um, it's just not my favorite part of the story to write. Um, mm-hmm. So by the time I've, but I will say by the time I've written two or three sweet romances, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get some stuff out of my system. Let's write something a <laughs> little spicier. So the suspense books come along, and I'm like, oh, look, they can do other things that they can't do in the
1: sweet romances. So, and the the language,
0: yeah, and the language gets loosened up a little bit too. So, um, the the suspenses tend to kind of be palate cleansers uh, where I can kind of work everything out and get it out of my system and then go back to the sweet romances.
1: I love that. Okay. That totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I write a uh, werewolf series and then I write something that's not werewolves. And every time I get away from the werewolves, it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about how anything smells and I don't have to worry <laughs> if they're upwind. Yay. Right. <laughs> so I totally get it <laughs> in a whole different way, <laughs> the paranormal way. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: paranormal! Uh, I
0: love paranormal too.
1: <laughs> yeah i was when i was reading your bio i was thinking wow you like supernatural and star wars and wonder woman how come you're not writing paranormal do you have a paranormal like in your drawer that you just haven't published uh, yet i have a lot of paranormals actually
0: it's what uh, i really wanted to write it oh was my god my, yeah it's my dream genre but it um so i had written four different paranormals kind of i think mm-hmm. and this was Oh, this was back when you're printing them out and one of them I just found a couple of weeks ago and it was six hundred pages. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: I know. Oh, wow. Like, that was that was before published when you learn everything but or learn a right. lot of things. <laughs> but in two thousand twelve when I finaled in the Golden Heart for RWA, I actually finaled with a paranormal romance. And um oh my gosh. actually yeah, I actually got my first agent from that. And that book it came close with like four publishers, but they did not know what to do with it because it couldn't be pigeonholed they couldn't they right. couldn't nail it down so specifically that it made for easy marketing and at the time, I was thinking, you know why don't you ask me what my marketing ideas are because I didn't exactly write this without a plan
1: right uh, but
0: but my agent at the time said, "You know this just isn't getting us where we want to go. Do you have any contemporary?" And I went, well, yeah, it was the very first book I had written. And she said, well, let's take a look at it. And I rewrote it uh, completely. Uh, and ironically, it was actually something I had submitted to Harlequin way back in the day to the editor who now edits my suspense stuff. And Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, it kind of it was a full circle moment. But So I rewrote it, and Berkeley bought it about a month after I sold my first Harlequin novella. So... Um, the contemporary was where I landed even though, you know, the paranormal is really is really what I would love. Well yeah, your heart to be is, writing. yeah. <laughs> it, it is, yeah, although the
1: suspense comes,
0: you know, second for sure.
1: Right. I mean I love writing it right all. Suspense but, has kind of the same elements, you know, life and death and big stakes and all that kind of thing. If I if I had to does. give up paranormal I would go definitely towards suspense just because I like those big stakes exactly exactly so
0: and it's funny because I have been thinking about digging out that paranormal again that didn't make it with the publishers and I not that I want to self publish because I do not have the attention span or the dedication to be able to do that properly um, but there are some new publishers out there that I would consider sending it to I think uh, yeah. just yeah. But uh, as long as I'm contracted for what I'm contracted for, that's going to have to wait until I do a little bit of it. Yeah,
1: you're really busy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're really busy right now. But, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that would be so exciting. You have to come back and tell me if you do that. I'll I'll buy definitely. it. <laughs> Yay. <Nice. Awesome. laughs> See, you've already got one sale. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that in my query letters. I've already got a guaranteed there you go. sale from one reader. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Ah, Well, I was also going to ask you, because I've been asking most everybody who comes on the show, readers are curious, just because, you know, we're always in the writer cave writing. But I've been asking everybody, how has it been different for you during writing during a plague? I mean, we all thought we had been training for this moment, but it's actually been really difficult to write. How have you been, you know, writing happily ever after as well? You had fires up in Northern California. I mean, how how, how are you getting through your writing process? Are things different, or you know, how are you doing it?
0: Um, it it, it has been a year. Um, right. I was actually doing <laughs> yeah, I was actually doing really really well, uh, churning out the books until I think probably last April, and I mm-hmm. think when the because I'm in California, and we locked down pretty early, which like you right. said. I'm I'm a very solitary person anyway. I spend most of my time in the house, but when you're told you have to be in the house,
1: that right. plays with
0: your head. It really does. And I mean, trips to the grocery store became like second only to Disneyland because you actually got All to get right. out and
1: and All see right. something other than your
0: walls. But um, <laughs> no, I shut down. I uh, it was it was not easy to get the words on the page. And, um, I think it's because you're just waiting for the hatchet to fall. You don't know what's going to be coming next. You don't know what's going to, what the news is going to tell you or what, you know, what your next door neighbor is going to be doing or something, something's going right. to be wonky. And if you, in for a creative mindset, we already live in that space. So when reality right. adds to it, it like doubles <laughs> it. So, and then, um, I was just getting back to it. And then my mother came down with some serious health issues, not COVID, fortunately, And we're on the other side of it now, but that's only been within the last couple of weeks. So um, I literally have been lucky to get maybe two, three pages average a day. And there have been weeks I haven't been able to write, which when you've got deadlines looming and you only get paid when you meet those deadlines, so you have that on top of things, it adds a stress that really – it's it's not easy to work your way out of. The good news is I can finally kind of see the rainbow at the end now, for various Yay. reasons. Um, I I will say it was it was interesting and not to get political, but January twentieth seemed to have been a turning point for me, in that mm-hmm. um, I felt a lot of
1: weight lift, and then right. uh,
0: news of the vaccine and that that was going to be coming and not so much worried for myself getting it, but getting my mother to get it for your um, mom. Right. Exactly. Cause if she gets COVID, that's going to be it. I mean, with her underlying health right. problems, that's just the way it is. And it's like that way for so many families. Um, right. So, so finally being able to see where things might be going instead of just a dark looming tunnel of unknown, I think has finally, right. I've been able to raise the curtain on the creativity. So I've got two books. I will say my editor, Harlequin Catherine has been phenomenal. Um, I had to call her at one point and said, look, I I'm just not going to be able to make these deadlines. And she goes, it's okay. What can we do? And um, there was never a question. There was never a fight back. How can we we make this easier on you? And it's one of the reasons I love working with Harlequin is because they see, they do see me as a person and uh, they realize that, you know, we've all had going through a lot of things and that not, no two authors are alike and they're not going to be dealing with things in the same way. So they've been really supportive in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely is a huge help because once the, the stress comes on, it gets really hard to be creative. And then you add, yes. you know, the stress of a deadline and a crushing.
0: Yeah, it really can
1: be. But fortunately, the sun is shining
0: probably just as it is now and I don't think I will ever begrudge the sun ever again.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So what's next for you? Um, You obviously have these two books right now, but um, what are you working on next? Um,
0: So let's see. I've got an April novella coming out in an anthology from Kazik Romance. Uh, That'll be called A Second Chance at Love, I think is the anthology's name. Uh, the, The link should be up for that pretty soon. Soon, I'm hoping. Uh, and then I have, let me see. I've got my next Butterfly Harbor book coming out in August, and um, that's a really fun one. It's it's uh, the it's number ten in the series, Bride on the Run wow. number nine, and they all, and they all stand alone but they all have recurring characters so you get to revisit with all the all the town folk and all the previous heroes and heroines you always see them popping up in different stories. So, and then wow. I'll I only have two more books to write in that series and I'll be done with it because it was always just wow. going to be 12 books. Yeah, so now I've got to Was it just one family or now. No, it's actually it's it's uh Butterfly Harbor is a town in Northern California modeled after um Pacific Grove in the Monterey area, which is like one of my favorite places on the planet to go. It's just gorgeous. And um no, it's a small town community and um there are some brothers and sisters, not too many. I think I had a, a pair of twin I had a set of twins, uh Frankie and Monty, and Monty is the hero of the Bright on the Run story. So, um I always tend to write close-knit communities, uh, lots of friends, and um, I do uh, family found, meaning uh, a lot of my characters, heroes, heroines, secondary, they've made their own families among their friends, mm-hmm. and I think that's because I've done the same with myself, so it's, it's what I write, it's what I love to read, actually, you know, going back to right. you know the Nora Roberts trilogies and the way that she would create those those small families out of friendships, that's really That's really what I always strive to do with any of my books. I do that with my suspense suspense as well. Uh, My Honor Bound series, which um, I'm trying to think the next one to that will be out, I think, next January, which is my prison break series, my prison break book, which was really fun to write. Um, But it's uh, that's the fifth one in the series. Uh, But you get to see all the characters from the previous books uh, pop up in, in that. So um yeah so
1: I have I have a lot of irons in the fire a lot a lot of books to write that's for sure (laughs) yes yes and you know I love that the more when I was first starting out I was very worried about you know what do you do when you run out of book ideas but I didn't realize once (laughs) I started writing books that then more ideas come there are so many more ideas than we have time to write (laughs) oh Oh, yeah and and the way those secondary characters just pop their
0: heads up and they go, Hello, I'm more interesting than what you're writing now. Come come play yes. with me. And then you have to you have to try to figure out, okay, I have to stay focused on this book and I can use you as a reward when I get to Right.
1: You. Yes. I have a friend who calls them dessert projects. So you oh, have to that's wait nice. and be a dessert project. I like that. <laughs> So, what have you since we've all been in for the year? What what have you been binge watching that we should all watch? I, I've been adding to my list every week from things oh. that people tell me. What 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 do you love? What should we be watching? Well, obviously you know, Supernatural, and that just ended, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. Oh, I have a hard time believing
0: I won't see the boys. Yeah, I know. It's it's oh. a grieving process. Oh. Um, and for the record, I was fine with the finale. I know a lot of people weren't, but I I thought it did really well um, in wrapping everything up, given the constraints they had, considering they were filming during COVID. So, um, right.
1: Was, and did they have really 13 have seasons away. or something like that? It was like, uh, 15, really long. Fifteen. Fifteen. It's Fifteen. Wow. seasons. Yeah. yeah and that's
0: amazing. Uh, some are better than others, but... Um, Going back to the whole family and community aspect, that show at its heart is about brotherhood and it's about family. Um, so that's that's the main reason I think most of the fans stick with it is because it it became a family of its own. And you know I don't think there is a more dedicated fan base. Uh, and I say that as a Star Trek and I believe Star Wars fan. You. Um, I don't think there's a more dedicated fan base than The Supernatural (laughs) people. Um, And part of that is because, you know, the two lead actors are such good guys. They're just really nice guys. And um, it reflects, I think, um, in what they're doing now. So um, as far as what else I was watching, you know what? I went back to a lot of old shows from the 80s. Um, I binge watched The Pretender. Which oh, I, I love The through, Pretender. Yeah, I did that through a DVD because it is not streaming anywhere. Can you believe that? That's
1: what I was going to say. I was dying to ask, where did you find it? Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, Dang. I had it on
1: DVD Dang. for a while. And, yeah, and it had been a while since
0: I'd watched it. So I I did watch that. Uh, one of my all-time favorite shows, strangely enough, is Numbers. Um, oh, Which I was that, the though. FBI mathematics thing. um with David Krumholtz and Rob Morrow and there again it's about brotherhood and it's about you know their relationship and how they learn to work together um so I watch a lot of shows like that and then um I'm a huge fan of the Great British Bake Off so I've re-watched all of those seasons <laughs> uh Nadia's Nadia has two shows on uh, Nadia Hussein, who won season well one. The U.S. season six. I don't know what season it was over in the U.K. Because they got a couple of extra that we didn't. But she has a couple of cooking shows that I just love. And um, I watched Bridgerton, of course, because hello, yes. romance author. You, it's kind of required of us. And it was right? even better it than I thought great. it was going to be. It was. And it gave yeah, us the I gift of that wonderful lead actor. Yeah. Did you see him on Saturday lives,
1: Night Live? I did and he was phenomenal. He was fantastic and he I'm can like, sing. <laughs> I was I know, like he like, should not okay. be allowed to sing too.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like he's the gift that keeps giving and it, yes. it's it's going to be I think it's going to be really interesting where they take the next seasons with that. Um and what else uh Mandalorian which I really enjoyed yeah, it's just nice Mandalorian. fun. And then um I've I've caught up with
1: WandaVision and I haven't decided if I will like it.
0: So um, I still
1: haven't watched that yet, but I am interested. We were gonna wait till all the episodes were up because I'm horrible about remembering. now that we can stream and watch everything mm-hmm. I'm so horrible about a weekly reminder, you know, if they don't aren't yeah. all out, I won't remember to watch. So we were waiting for all of them. Yeah, so it for me it
0: was kind of more obligation viewing than wanting to see it because in order to keep up with the rest of the Marvel universe you kind of have to keep up with the shows they put out. So, right, um, that's true. Yeah, so um it's I mean it's good, it's entertaining. I'm half the time I'm not sure what I'm really seeing. So, um whatever. And then I caught up on all the Star the new Star Trek shows and I'm a huge Discovery fan now even though it took me a while to, to get on board with discovery, but I really enjoy that one. Um, so yeah, but a lot of what I end up watching is stuff I've seen before, mainly because I can do other stuff while it's on. Um, right. because I just, like a I discovered watch exactly. And it's just background noise. Um, mm-hmm. and I also started doing just to get my brain off other things was the the diamond art painting you know you stick rhinestones on a like a color by number kind of thing oh if you oh, i've never yeah. heard
1: of that what? Oh, it's long, Wow! it's all over
0: the place just put in diamond art paintings onto amazon and you'll find a whole new world of distraction
1: um wow. so so goodbye adult coloring and hello rhinestone <laughs> yeah, painting pretty, pretty much yeah <laughs> But uh so yeah, that's
0: that's what I've been doing to maintain my sanity while, you know, the world around us implodes.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, while waiting for things to mellow out so that we can have some sense of normal again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ah, so um we're quickly running out of time, but I did also want to ask you, um, but who inspires you? Um, who do you love to you read love- that? makes you want to get back and write some more? You read it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired to go write. Uh, well, um,
0: my standby is always Nora Roberts, mainly because mm-hmm. she was the first author I read back in 80-something, <laughs> revealing my age there. Um, she's she's like a North Star for me. If I need inspiration, I'll go back. and Especially her J.D. Robb books um, and the world that she's created with that, uh, always it used to depress me before I got published because when I would read her and I would think I'm never going to be this good. And then when I got published, I realized I don't have to be this good because that's Nora and I'm me. So right. um, You have your own voice. Exactly. So now she's just, uh, she's reward reading (laughs) and uh, (laughs) she's who I go to when I, when I am just and I'm like, okay, I just need to decompress. So her, uh, Sherilyn Kenyon, um, although mm-hmm. I'm way behind on her books, way behind. Uh, and then, um, I've been trying to read a lot more, uh, contemporary romance, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Reese, Reese, Ryan, who writes for the, um, yes, I love a desire line, who I, she's absolutely amazing. Her books are fabulous. Um, I was I very agree. late to the party on, on uh, Maisie Yates, so I've been reading her, um, and my tried and true, uh, Brenda Novak uh, is always good, and of course oh, I yes. used to work for her as her assistant, so. Um, what? Uh, I didn't know yeah, that. I
1: her, yeah, I was her assistant for a number of years. Oh, so, she's uh, fantastic. I love her romantic suspense.
0: Yeah, she's she's really, really good, and she works really hard in her books. So, and uh, help me see what a strong writing work ethic was really all about. So it was a good example to work under, I'll tell you. And then uh, for suspense and thrillers, um, I love Allison Brennan. Again, she's a friend, but um, mm-hmm. she she gets the dynamic of relationships and how they connect to um, how they connect to the outside world and the jobs that they do as law enforcement.
1: I love that. And she is an awesome, if you like romantic descent, she's fantastic. Very, I, I love her books too. Well, we are rapidly running out of time, but I wanted to ask, how do you like readers to get in touch with you? We were talking before the show about how a reader email can be, change your whole day and get help you write. So please get in touch with Anna when you read her books. How do you like them to find you? Facebook, newsletter, website? How should they get in touch? Uh, Facebook is always good. Um,
0: uh, through my author page, which is author anna j stewart,
1: I think yes, it
0: is. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I never no, that's my website. See, I always forget. Author anna dot com is my website, and uh, there's a contact form there. People can reach me through there, uh, and they can message me through uh, through Facebook, uh, through my either my author page, which now I remember is anna j stewart author. There um, we go. And then. Uh, I would say DM me through Twitter, but these days I'm not spending a lot of time on Twitter because it's just a toxic hellhole. So, um, so, uh, yeah, Facebook
1: and my website are really the best ways
0: to reach me. And then they can also just email me direct at Anna at author, Anna com.
1: Perfect. Well, everybody run out there and grab the bride on the run and also pre-order undercover heat. And thanks. Thanks so much, Anna, for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. This is great. See you later. Bye. Thanks
0: for joining us on Booklines. Be sure to connect with us at
1: www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.